Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, what we call the short version, where we are in the book of Hebrews together. We are in the first part of chapter 6. I'm going to read the first two verses. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Now, in the previous episodes, if you're listening, you know I've explained that these are three general ideas that come in the form of what I call couplets. We've looked at the first couplet, repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And in this episode, we're going to turn to the second couplet, which is instruction about washings and the laying on of hands. Interesting topic, but nonetheless one that is important because the writer of Hebrews includes it as part of the elementary teaching about the Christ. So, instruction about washings. This is going to be the topic of this episode. As I sit with the Lord this morning with these thoughts about baptisms, there are a lot of things that I can say and probably will say. I don't want to go too long because I like to keep the sessions manageable for you on a daily basis. But let's just get into it and see where it leads. I think it probably will be a little bit of a different teaching, but I'm hoping and praying that it will be profitable for you in the way I feel like the Lord wants me to bring it. So an important part of the foundational teaching about Christ in the early church included a proper understanding of baptisms. The writer of Hebrews uses the plural form of the actual noun, baptismos. He talks about washings. It is from the Greek word baptizo, which of course is the verb that we know a lot about in regards to baptism. And we know from the scriptures that there's more than one baptism. So it was important for the apostles to include instruction about baptisms in their teaching. Again, as we start, let's stay in context with our Jewish readers. It's important to know that Jews did practice baptism or washing for purification purposes. It was part of their religious rituals and was used in several different ways. One of the most important ways it was used was what was called proselyte baptism. This was the use of baptism to recognize a foreigner that came into the Jewish community and they were baptized as a ritual to recognize their inclusion in the community. So when John the Baptist hits the scene just before Jesus starts his earthly ministry, he was baptizing people in the Jordan River and calling them to repentance. Now we've already looked at repentance and we saw that it's a key component to the foundational teaching about Christ as well. So John's baptism was recognized as a sign of a change of mind or heart. And at this point, John's baptism did not carry with it the meaning of baptism that would come later as a result of Jesus's instruction about baptism. So I want to spend a little bit of time in this episode focusing on baptisms and the role they play in our Christian experience. So I want to start with a couple introductory comments. First, there are multiple baptisms. We see this from the writer's use of the plural form of the word. Now, he could have been referring to the differentiation between Jewish ritual baptisms that the Jews were most familiar with and the baptism of John and Christian baptism. We're not exactly sure, but we'll get into it in more detail in just a minute. Second, it's interesting to note that from the very beginning, John the Baptist recognized that Jesus would be the one who would baptize 
baptized with the Holy Spirit. In John 1.33, he says, I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Now, I recognize that a lot of this may seem a little bit academic, but I do believe it's important for us to take a closer look at baptisms, simply because for the writer of Hebrews, it was important enough to name among those things that were foundational in the teaching about Jesus and were a key to our spiritual maturity. So I don't want to spend too much time, but enough to highlight key truths about baptisms. As I've already said, the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, and it means to immerse. So whatever the context of baptism, it's always referring to immersion. Now, it's important to note that baptism does not necessarily mean immersion in water. It could mean immersion in water, but first it simply means immersion. There are different modes of immersion. What we are immersed into is what I call a mode. And in the New Testament, there are several. As far as I can tell, these are the different types of baptisms that relate to our Christian life. Baptism in water, baptism in the Spirit, baptism into the body of Christ, and baptism of or with fire. Now, I know the history of baptism in the church is loaded with interpretation and sometimes very emotional convictions one way or the other. And I don't want to get into that type of discussion. But I do want to make some basic observation and leave you with some thoughts for today. Baptism by immersion in water is the obvious understanding of baptism expressed in the writings of the apostles. It was the outward and public recognition of a personal inward decision to associate completely with Jesus as his follower. Baptism in the Spirit is understood by the apostles as a normal part of the Christian experience. Within a short time after Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out by Jesus after His ascension, the apostles acknowledged the reception of the Spirit as a normal and essential part of the Christian experience. Paul says in Romans 8, 9, However, you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Having the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, possessing the Spirit was considered to be the benchmark of a Christian. So it's not an optional thing to say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in having the Spirit. The apostles did not understand that. It's a very obvious experience of every believer to be in possession of the Spirit. Then, baptism into the body of Christ is an automatic experience of every believer and something that happens supernaturally by the activity of the Spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. So we are immersed into Christ and become a functioning member of His body in which we fulfill a designated role by the expression of our spiritual gifts. Our baptism into His body also means that we supernaturally experience the death, 
burial, and resurrection of Jesus in our lives as we become co-participants in all that Jesus experienced to bring about what I call the new humanity. So our baptism means that we participate with Christ in this process. This is a very powerful spiritual truth. Baptism of fire is also a normal part of the Christian life. In Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Quite simply, there are things that can only be dealt with in our lives with fire, things that need to be burnt away so that we can be purified and refined for the Lord. It is not an easy thing, but it is necessary nonetheless. And the baptism of fire is a very normal process of the Christian life. So here's a simple thought that I want to leave you with today as we filter through all these things about baptisms. Baptisms are very real parts of our Christian experience. And for me, it simply means I am all in. This is what I carry away from the idea of immersion, of baptism. I am completely immersed. I am fully identified with Christ in my water baptism. For me, it was and it still remains a very powerful experience that took place early in my Christian life when I was baptized in water and I identified with Jesus Christ to be his follower and I will never forget it. And I am all in for all that the Spirit wants in my life. I want all the Spirit, and I want Him to have all of me. Total immersion. I am all in with regards to my participation with Christ in His body. All that that means for me, I want it all. And I am willing to experience fully God's process of refining and purifying my life so that my faith can be strong and my life can be a testimony of His goodness and mercy. I am all in. So today, I want to encourage you to embrace baptism to embrace every baptism that's available for you as a child of God. Be fully immersed and be all in for all that God has for you. Be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.